Hey, grab your Bible, turn to Matthew 1. Turn to Matthew 1, if you would. I know we have a number of extra things today, so I purposefully have uh, shrunk my message a little bit to be able to fit within our time frame. We, I want to do a poll while you're turning to Matthew 1. <clears throat> I'm going to lay three things out, and you are going to visibly give me what you think would be your top pick on these. What excites you most? What part of Christmas excites you most? So I'm going to give you three things. Number one, the decorations or lights. That's number one, decorations or lights. Number two, the songs or the traditions. And number three, the gathering with friends and family. So Number one, decoration lights. Number two, songs, traditions. Number three, gathering with family, friends. So now you've, you understand all three options. Let's do a little vote together. And we're going to do this by raised hand. Don't worry about your answer. Let's do number one. Who would say, you know what excites me the most? Decorations and lights. Hands up. Okay, all one of you? Two of you. Thank you. Three. Okay, now we... Three, okay, I hate to see the homes of the rest of you. Okay, songs and traditions. How many love that? Songs and traditions of Christmas. Okay, lastly, gathering with friends and family. Let's see, okay. Sorry the other two, I think you are outvoted, but I'm with you, I understand those things are exciting. Well, you know, Christmas is cluttered with so many things going on at once. with all of the lights and decorations, with all of the traditions that we try to keep up, with all of the gatherings of family, friends, and even church, there's just so many things going on, and the shopping and, and the chaos that seems to go through. It is so cluttered, and in all the beauty, though, that we see today, all the smiles, all the decorations, all the trees, all of the lights, everything that goes on today, we say, you know, Christmas is beautiful. I just want to be open with you here this morning. We need to talk about it. There's also a lot of darkness and chaos. Especially at the first Christmas. Just think about this. At the first Christmas, it wasn't all excitement and beauty and smiles and lights and decorations and songs and traditions. The first Christmas, there was an unwed mother, an unwed teenage girl, and it almost ended in divorce. And the stigma of Jesus being born out of wedlock carried with them through all of the rest of their lives. It was different. It was dark. Here's number two. Around the first Christmas, you know, it all took place in a little town of? Yeah, and you know why it was in Bethlehem? Because there was a census. Because they wanted to up taxes. Isn't that nice? So the whole first Christmas ended up in Bethlehem, obviously by decree of Jesus, by decree of God. But it was all surrounding this census. It was all surrounding government taxes and christmas traffic was terrible and as we know from the account lodging was horrible here's number three 
You know what else surrounded Christmas? The worst mass killing of infants and toddler boys in all of history. All by King Herod. So as we look at Christmas, I know we look at the shiny side, we look at the beautiful side, we look at everything that excites us, <clears throat> but you realize the very first Christmas, there was a lot of dark. There was a lot of wrong. There was a lot of challenge. So in our short, brief time frame this morning, I want to share with you the most challenging and darkest part of Christmas. And although the globe just celebrates the season, only a small percentage pick up on this dark and horrible reality of Christmas. It is at the core of Christmas, the dark reality, in fact, there would be no Christmas without this reality. I often view this like many of our Christmas trees. I don't know how you decorated Christmas trees. I, I, I remember when I was a kid, the Christmas tree was in the corner of a room and we would do the lights, and because we didn't really want to like, go crazy with this stuff, like when we would do the lights, we would go around about two-thirds of the way, and instead of doing behind the tree, we would circle back around and go this way, and then circle back. Are you with me on this? Okay. And then when it was time for all the, all the ornaments, which we'd go all the way up, but then that back side of the tree, which no one saw, would just be bare. Now, to, to know that our experience is common, I looked up online Christmas trees that are like this. They have a Christmas tree that goes flat against the wall. Look at this. It goes flat. It's like, who's going to see that part? They just cut off the back of the Christmas tree. It goes up against the wall. You just do the front side. So if you still do that today, there is a tree for you. And you can Google it, and there it is. You know, because there's the front side that looks beautiful. Who cares about the back side? You know, there's a backside of the Christmas story. There's a backside of the account that doesn't look beautiful. There's a backside that's not beautifully ornate. It's not lit up. It's not attractive. But the backside of the tree is what we're going to talk about this morning. See, the front side of the tree is the celebration, the food, the lights, the gathering, the gifts. But the unattractive part of the tree is the reason why Christmas is here in the first place. The ugly side of Christmas is this. The ugly side of Christmas, without this there would be no Christmas. The ugly side of Christmas is our sin. The dark side of Christmas is the whole reason why it was needed in the first place. I want to give you this verse. You're going to see it later on in our six days of devotionals. But Matthew 1, 21. Would you read it with me as it goes up on the screen? Read this with me, would you? Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. Because... Yeah. Call him Jesus. He will save their people from their sins. The whole reason, the whole reason Christmas happened, you know why? It's because of our sin. If it weren't for the fact that we were on the outs with God, 
If it weren't for the fact that we, the scriptures say we were enemies with God because of our sin. If it weren't for the fact that we were damned to judgment before God, there would be no Christmas. If it weren't for the fact that we in no way can recover ourselves, like we know we're in trouble, but we have no way to grab ourselves and pull us up by our own bootstraps and, and rescue ourselves out of this mess. If it weren't for that, we wouldn't have needed a rescuer or savior. There would be no Christmas. That's the whole reason why Jesus came in the first place. So think about it. When you are around the Christmas table and all your friends and your family are there, you can tell them this in honesty. You can say to them, if it weren't for me, there would be no Christmas. Now, when they look at you crazy, which is probably the same way that they always look at you, here's when you can say, yeah, if it weren't for me, there'd be no Christmas. Because if it weren't for my sin, One individual said, and how true it is, the only thing that we contribute to our salvation is the sin that made it necessary. It's the same thing with Christmas. We are the reason why this whole event happened in the first place. Jesus didn't come for lights. He didn't come for food. He didn't come for gatherings. He didn't come for trees or songs. And he certainly didn't come for fruitcake. Amen? You with me on that? Yeah. He came because we're sinners. And we need to be rescued from the just punishment that we deserve for our wrong. We needed a Savior. So I just did a little bit of, of work on this. It's interesting. The word Jesus is the Greek word for the name Joshua in the Hebrew. So when you hear Joshua in the Old Testament, Jesus is the Greek version of that. And here's the beauty of it. You know what Joshua means? Joshua means this. It means our God saves. Isn't that cool? So all the way back then, all the way from the word of the Lord to Joseph and to Mary, he says, you're going to name him Jesus. You're going to give birth to a son. It was the very first gender reveal ever in the history of mankind. Here's his son. And you're going to call him Yeshua, you're going to call him Joshua. You're going to call him Jesus because this is his whole mission. This is his whole passion. This is the whole reason why he is coming in the first place. It's for us. It's because we need a savior. We need a rescuer. It's in his name. He was named after it. It's in his purpose. And it ultimately is at the very heart of Christmas itself. One has written this, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need is forgiveness, God sent a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen? I love this from Ephesians 2, 3 through 5. The writer says, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. 
That's the spot we were in. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. When we were dead in sin, it's by grace you've been saved. By grace you have been saved. You're the reason why there's a Christmas. So am I. It's not a good reason. It's our sin. We need someone who would come and rescue us out of our predicament, who would be an acceptable sacrifice before God, that would appease God's wrath on our account. And there's only one person in all of humanity, in all of history, that could do that is Jesus. So I want to give you three things. And then my Christmas present to you is I'm actually going to let you go a few minutes early. Here's what it is. We talked about this two weeks ago, that only Jesus gives peace in trouble. Then one week ago, we talked about that only Jesus gives us peace that our possessions cannot give us. And then today, we learn this. Only Jesus gives us peace with God. Only Jesus reconciles our relationship with God. Only Jesus can bring us back together to God. Only Jesus. Some people think, you know what, if I do enough, if I go to church enough, I can reconcile myself to God. Well, then why in the world is there Christmas? We cannot do it. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus can give us peace with God. Paul mentions in Romans 5, he says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only by Christ. So here's three things I want us to remember. I realize Christmas is chaos for some. It's busy for some. But if we can remember this and walk away with this, number one, Remember and admit the dark side of Christmas. Remember the back side of the tree. When you look at your tree, think of the back side. It may not look as pretty. That's the reality of our lives. We're sinners. We deserve God's punishment. We deserve God's anger for our wrong against him. Then number two, realize that Christmas is Jesus coming to rescue us. And it's all through his death on the cross. He was born to die. And he died on the cross bearing the punishment of God that we deserve for our sin. And he took it on his own body. And so we need to stop everything right now. And the thing that we need to do for Christmas is embrace the reason why it exists. We need to stop everything and say, Jesus, I believe that you came to die for me. I believe you came to rescue me from my sin. I believe you came to give me peace with God that I cannot earn on my own. So remember the dark side of Christmas for sinners. Remember that Christmas is Jesus coming to rescue us through his death on the cross. And here's number three. This is when it's a little bit tougher. Ask others if they know the reason for Christmas. It's nice that we know. Ask others if they know. If they say, uh, Christmas is family, nice. 
Christmas is presence. No. Christmas is about food. That's second place. But no. It's about lights and trees and decorations. No. We are the reason why Christmas happened. It's our sin. And that's the reason why a Savior was sent to rescue us. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? Where are you at with that reality of Christmas? Because Christmas is meaningless if we don't understand and embrace the reason why it exists in the first place. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe he came for your sin? Have you acknowledged to him, I'm wrong, I'm a sinner, I'm estranged from God, but I believe Jesus and who you are and why you came, why you died for me. I give my life to you. That's step number one. So how about we close our eyes, focus on that. And if you need to believe, if God's working in your heart, I believe that's why Jesus came. Would you just tell him that in your heart? If you already believe, would you thank him for that in your heart? God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus to rescue me from my sin, from your punishment for my sin. Thank you. Would you tell him that right now in your heart? Express it. And then lastly, I want you to impress in your mind right now, is there someone, is there someone that you want to share the reason for Christmas with this season? Maybe it's inviting them to Christmas Eve service or next Sunday service. Is there someone? Maybe someone you mentioned to them, I'm the reason why there's Christmas in the first place. It's my sin. Would you ask God to help you to have the courage to share? And Father, it is in the name of Jesus, the one who came, our Savior, our Rescuer, that we pray today Thank you that you did not leave us stranded in our sin, incapable of recovery. But God, because of Jesus, we are rescued eternally, and we thank you. Thank you for the real gift, the greatest gift, the whole explanation for this time of year. And may it be Jesus only Jesus, forever Jesus. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Remember that.